This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great. Filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hola. Bonjour. Ni hao. Sorry, that's a really English way of saying bonjour. I'm James Phelps. And I'm Oliver Phelps. And guys, welcome to the Normal Not Normal podcast. And thank you for joining us this week, listeners, for our listener episode. Now, this has turned into quite a fan favourite every other week. And today we have some more of your story times, your questions and your did you knows. We do indeed. And guys, I just need to let everybody know that unfortunately, we've got to the last listener participation episode of this season of Normal Not Normal. So before I get into anything else, thank you so much for everyone who sent all the info and all the input in over this season. If we didn't get around to using any of the stuff that people have sent through, please don't take it personally. Uh, but we've seen them and we're so, so appreciative of them. So as it's as is the case normally, we've picked out some story times that we feel go back to the real question that we have um, on this whole podcast. You know, what does normal really mean? But the cool thing is, though, that we've had a lot of people getting in touch with us and seeing how last week was our birthday. There's a few birthday things in there as well. And I must add, keep must adding stuff. I must add also, thank you to everybody who got in touch with us uh, and sent us just warm wishes and just, yeah, just amazing input as well for our birthday. That really, really means a lot to us. And a big shout out as well to the guys who were able to compile a lot of other people's thoughts and stuff like that to us because it is it's so heartwarming it's hard to even put into words it was absolutely fantastic so guys thank you so much for all your birthday wishes your just everything it really did make us feel very very loved and very thankful for everybody and so thank you so much and if you were celebrating your birthday with us last week at any point happy birthday oliver did you get up to anything fun for it uh no yeah, on the day. No, I left everything just last minute because I wanted to see what the weather was going to do. So it was okay. I went out, went out for a meal, went to my cabin in the garden, and did some did some weights, and that was that was about a lot of it. And then at the weekend, I went out rock and roll. Yeah, on the weekend, I went out with some friends, and we ended up in a karaoke bar. Always a good time. Very good, very good. I um, how about yourself? I I I did my it was kind of come traditional every every so often for my birthday. I'll I'll go to the seaside, and I. <laughs> I decided to do, although it's mid-February in the in, in the UK here, I decided to go in a sauna on the beach and then go straight in the sea, which was, I'm not going to lie, it was horrible. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun and I felt amazing for it after. So if you're ever able to, I did one in, in Helsinki years ago where you go from like a 90 centigrade sauna and jump straight in the sea. Um, so it's kind of like an English equivalent, but yeah, it was a lot of good fun. As I say, this is our listener participation episode. And coming up, as in right now, we have got some story time. So, James, why don't you take it away? 
So today our, our first story time is from Rachel in Ireland and we think it's really important this one. When we read this it really did touch us and Rachel thank you very much for sharing your story with us. Rachel says, hi Ollie and James, I just want to share a story that's really close to my heart. Maybe it can help someone who might be going through the same thing and make them feel less alone. I understand it isn't exactly a happy or exciting story but if it can help just one person then I'd love to share it. Back in 2018, I sadly lost my mother to cancer. I was just 14 and I felt so lost and alone. I have really bad anxiety sometimes and when I was younger, my mum was the only person I would feel safe and comfortable around so losing her was unbelievably difficult. I was thankful to have the support of my friends but none of them had lost a parent so they didn't understand how bad it felt to see them with their mothers knowing I couldn't see mine. Now, of course, the days get easier and it doesn't hurt as much now, but there isn't a day when you don't think about the person you lost who meant everything to you. At 14, I thought I was an adult. I thought I could handle everything alone, but I should have asked for a little more help and a little more support. I was in denial that my mum had passed away because it was easier than facing and accepting my grief. It was only when I turned 18 that I started to accept it. I used to wish my grief would go away, but now I've learned that grief is a special thing. It's a reminder of just how much love that you had for that individual. One of the hardest things I struggled with was getting the feeling of safety, happiness, joy and security back until I came across your podcast and really started to enjoy them. I slowly started to feel like I wasn't alone and I had a safe space to go when I was struggling or and simply needed to smile. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Oliver's drum or James's love for pizza, especially a pineapple pizza. But you both have really spread the feeling of everything is going to be okay and you're not alone, even without saying it out loud. Thank you, guys. Again, I know this wasn't exactly a happy or exciting story time like some that you have been on before, but I hope by sharing some of my story, it has helped just one person to know that they are not alone with suffering from a loss of a loved one, Rachel. Rachel, thank you so, so much for that message. I don't really know what to say. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that our, our silly little podcast has been able to help and dealing with an unimaginable situation. And obviously, we're very, very sorry for your loss and going through the hard times that you do. But thank you so much for sharing that. And hopefully, like Rachel says, if anyone listening in this gives them some comfort and sh shows that you're not alone, then we really do hope that has helped. I think, Rachel, we should be celebrating the the amazing, obviously, connection that you had with your mum and to be able to to share that with us as well. And now we're obviously able to share it with a lot of other people. So we're all, all with you on that one. And thank you so much, as, as James said. And if anything, hang on. It comes for a drum roll. It comes for a drum roll. Um, I haven't had the drum out much this year, but yeah. So I think it just I think it just goes to show though that so many great points made from from what you said there, Rachel. Uh, I'm not not too sure about the pizza, but there we go. No pineapple on pizza is always a good thing. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. I'm glad that Rachel agrees with me. But Rachel, thank you so much for sending that message in, and we really are glad that you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we have making it. With Rachel saying that as well and, and hearing that, it's great that we get messages. As I said earlier, like we get messages and, and, and things from people who maybe we're not able to necessarily read the whole story out um, on the show. But we do get a lot of people messaging saying that thank you for giving a, a safe space to 
to see what's going on if something's not going quite well. Like a um, a shout out to Abby, for example, who's a nursing major in college at the moment, and she was. Uh, it's like her escape when obviously the the textbooks and everything like that get to get too much at times. So yeah, just a big shout out to everyone like that as well who are, who are finding it in our in our silly little podcast, as James says. Now, our next story time is from Bella in Canada, and she's sharing what her normal was like when her and her family made the big move across the country a few years ago. I was born in Nova Scotia, but in 2016, my father moved my family and I to Baker Lake, Nunavut in northern Canada, for three years. The first shocking thing was travelling there in a small propeller plane. I was absolutely terrified. Driving to my new home for the first time was very strange. It felt like an entirely different world. There were no trees, the houses were on stilts and one of the police officers was driving with his child in the front seat on his lap. Nobody wore seatbelts. My town was so small that it only took 15 minutes to walk from one side to the other. Making friends wasn't really that hard. My father had moved up there a few months before the rest of my family did, and I guess he spoke about my brother and I because when we arrived, all the kids were screaming at me saying, Hi Bella! The land and the Inuit culture was beautiful. To my surprise, the people were so open teaching me about all the ways they lived way back then and the way they keep their culture alive today. I was even given a Inuktitut name, Ukpik, which means snowy owl in English. Learning Inuktitut was a very fun and challenging, and I remember seeing a herd of about 1,000 caribou and a herd of mucks oxen. There wasn't much in Baker Lake, but you never got bored. There were no movie theatres or malls, but there was a community hall that hosted community feasts, square dances, teen dances and holiday events that brought everyone together. I got to meet hundreds of kind people that welcomed my family and I and taught and showed us how important the Inuit culture is. I live back in Nova Scotia now and miss none of it so much. It played a big part of who I am today. I mean, as stories go, Bella, that is amazing. Like to think, as you and like to think, you weren't not too sure what was going on. But I mean, how fortunate to get to such an amazing, embracing people. I don't know about you, James, but I quite fancy being able to uh, to check that place out at some time or another to go to Nunavut and see what it's all about. I, I imagine going in the summer would be easier than the winter. Yes, <laughs> but, yes, definitely. But like you say, what an amazing experience to have, and I think that for the the thought of going somewhere where there wasn't a a movie theater or anything like that but it's the community makes the town i think that's the going back from many 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 up to the first generations i guess there's so that's that's great that they've managed to keep the culture and, and share it with with newcomers as well this episode is brought to you by jinx the superfood powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Our next and last story time of the season is a video from Lauren in Taiwan. Hey, Oliver. Hey, James. I'm Lauren, and this is Tani. He's three years old and he's the best dog ever. He rarely barks. He only barks when someone rings the doorbell. And he sleeps with me every night, but he always lets me sleep as long as I want to. He rarely wakes me up. But a dog like this also has to have a way to express his feelings. So, he hates it when we leave the house without him. And in order to express how upset he is, he always pees in front of every single door. And it is my normal life to clean up the mess he's made. When we're not home. So I was wondering if there's anything that your dogs do that only you guys would understand the meaning. Thank you so much for listening to the story. Bye! <laughs> well, Lauren, just a heads up, maybe leave like some trays or something like that in front of each door before you go out. Maybe. Uh, t- for those listening, Lauren, uh, her dog is like a. I hope I've got the breed correct. It's like a, a very fluffy pom- Pomeranian. Yeah, very um, cute. With a very expressionate face. Yeah, very lovely. Um, great question. Does So, uh, Tonto, uh, the beardy, he when he wakes up, you know when he's like, see, he'll sleep on the bed anyway, and he still thinks he's a puppy, so he's really big. And then all, you, all of a sudden you're just hearing, and you just know that means that he's awake. And then, <laughs> and then you try not, but then he'll be looking at you to make sure that you're awake now. So as soon as your eyes open... He's ready to go. And then he makes another noise, a bit like a... And then he, but he doesn't do that in the daytime. It's really, it's literally like just a morning thing. I think that's quite... I think he sounds like that like, like Lauren's, uh, Lauren's little little doggies. Definitely assure of... Hang on, no. If you're not going to take me, you're going to know about it. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Good like luck that. with that, Lauren. Let us know how you get on with it. Thank you very much for that story there, Lauren. Now, we're moving on to the questions, what you guys sent in. So this one is coming from Isabella from New Jersey in the United States of America. And Isabella says, I'm in my sophomore year of high school and I'm studying theatre. I'm a very soft-spoken person and I was wondering if you have any advice on how to become more comfortable with performing in front of others. Um, So first of all, thank you very much for getting in contact all the way from New Jersey. Look at it, we've got loads of people from all over the world, haven't we? It's great. So, Isabella, I was... So, I've probably said this before, but uh, I did my first ever stage show, the director could tell that I was... Just in rehearsals, I was, I, I was kind of thinking too much about everything. And he told me that... And I, I've literally taken this with me wherever I go. And that is, whoever is watching you do anything, whether it be an audience member, whether it be a casting agent, whether it be whoever, literally anybody watching you do performing, they want you to be good. They want you to be the best thing they've ever seen because everybody wants to be surrounded by everything good and very memorable. And it's so much more fun to watch something when something is good. So you've already got the the audience and everybody else on side. So just do what you do. And the and another thing that my an old drama coach used to say to me, she always used to say, if you're going to fail, fail big so don't leave anything don't second guess anything just fully commit to whatever you're doing and just go with it yep i think that goes for anything if you're doing it in front of a crowd fail big that's not saying fail (laughs) fail. (laughs) but i mean but don't just be like half bothered about something 
yeah, don't play it safe. If you're gonna if you're gonna commit to a, a part or a characteristic or anything like that, what a character would do, just go with it. Yeah, and also the other the other side I would say is that you're playing a character. You're not playing yourself, so you can embody whatever that character is doing and get away with it. Speaking from experience, yep, all the time, all the time. Anyway, James, what is your question you have for us? Yeah, our next question is from India, from Arani. And Arani says, since it's near your birthday, let me tell you about how a traditional birthday looks here in my Bengali-speaking community. A birthday cake isn't compulsory, but fish is a must in any form, as well as rice pudding. The elderly people in my family then bless us with an oil lamp and some rice grains for a longer lifespan and good luck. So my question is, do you have any birthday traditions or rituals that you maintain every year? Ooh, good point. I tell you what, I wish I had fish and rice pudding as a tradition every year. Obviously not together, but you know, that'd be, that's, that's, that's a good one to start on there. I think I'm allowed to try it. Try I'll tell you what, just to, just to just to really upset if some people get annoyed that I have pineapple on pizza, they'll get really annoyed. My favourite type of rice pudding is cold, with like, straight out the can, with um, jam in the middle. Just, I mean, I get the jam in the middle, but it's wrong. Actually, do you have, have you ever you ever made your own rice pudding? No. Anyway, we're going off the we're going off subject here. Yes, um, <laughs> I was. I think a tradition. What we what I do, I've got into doing anyway for quite a few years now really I'll try and do some sort of exercise in terms of either like weight training or running or or something like that purely because it makes me feel like I'm actually doing something on my birthday which is beneficial to myself I assume that is why is that a bit weird no kind of I, I always treat my birthday as a ultimate cheat day yeah see I'm the opposite I'm the opposite now I'm kind of like no I'll, I'll save it I'll save it but I always remember actually once traveling um to an event in the states and we were flying I had to jump on a plane to fly across and you know where you get to like especially on in the states where they check your ticket and they just randomly write stuff all over your ticket say they've checked it and I got it and I noticed that the the girl who wrote it had written happy birthday Obviously, saw my date of birth next to my passport. Made my day, that did. Um, but I didn't notice until a bit later on, and I felt a bit of an idiot turning around going, thank you. Anyway, but yeah, that would be, I suppose, as far as tradition goes. Is yours just, what, a day of gluttony and just cheat day? Uh, yeah, and, and I normally go to the seaside with the dog as, as in some way, shape or form. Uh, but yeah, eating as much as I can. Jolly good, jolly good. We're sticking with uh, with the birthday theme, although, you know, we said that obviously we've been already on this podcast. We've been in Canada, we've been in Taiwan, we've been in New Jersey, we've been in India. Well, next... Ireland. Ireland, of course. Uh, we're going to New Zealand. And Caitlin has written in and she says, what is your most memorable birthday? Uh, oh, obviously, filming on the Potters when... We were filming in the Great Hall on our birthday once. And I remember, so there's what, four or 500 people in there. And I remember Chris Carreras, the first assistant director, um, decided it would be funny to get everybody in there. So first of all, they made Oliver and I stand up and then everybody sang happy birthday to us. Yeah, I was very embarrassed. Well, all the, all the, all the adult actors were there as well doing like singing happy birthday to us. And I was like, I'm pretty sure not everybody has this on their birthday. I just remember this is being epic. like, I just remember it being like, you know, when you go to TGI Fridays for like your 16th birthday or something and someone says it's your birthday and the waitress makes you look like a right Zoom and makes you stand on the chair and tell everyone, it's my birthday today. I felt like that 
but in the Great Hall, dressed in Hogwarts uniform with a load of people doing it. Yeah, I think in terms of memorable ones and really and really cool one is I remember our twenty first birthday, and we we went uh, we had like a party organised and everything like that at a at a nightclub, but a friend of mine before uh before and we invited a load of people around our house which was just mental but we had uh, a friend a friend of mine he used to run a bus company so he put on a bus to take us all there and we said to the bus driver yeah there'll probably be like 30 40 people over 120 people or something like that rocked up and it was just absolutely mad um and then turned up outside this nightclub and obviously we had they gave us queue jump um, to get in because we, we booked like this private room. And likewise, I think they thought we meant maybe 15, 20 people queue jump and everyone else will come in separately. And literally this bus pulls up outside and you just see the doorman just going, what is going, what is going on here? And uh, yeah, been an absolutely fantastic night. So that was, that was always good fun. Very much so. Um, do you remember uh, the gift that Rupert, Rupert Grint got as far. Yeah, that was another thing as well. Yeah, like two days later, there's a knock on the door, <laughs> and this this there's this geezer standing outside with like a low with like a uh, it's called a Luton van, so I suppose like a low loader truck, and uh, he says I've got delivery for you. It's like, what is it? He says let me go and get it. And next thing I know, he's wheeling an arca- a video arcade game of Point Blank up the drive. Like where the hell's this gonna go? Like it can't go upstairs because the wall, the roof won't, t- the floorboards won't take it because it will go through. Let alone getting it up the stairs in the first place. So it ended up going in the garage for quite a while and obviously getting played in there. And then after a while, after a while, we found that it was you know it could maybe more people could play with it. And we um, we asked the guys at the Teenage Cancer Trust if any of their their wards would like it as a as a home for there and it went to to one of the centers in Birmingham and it got absolutely used and used and used by everyone which is great to think that it's uh, it served another purpose of just enjoying enjoying people's enjoyment with it definitely thank you very much for that question Caitlin then the next one is we go now to New York to Jay and Jay asks what was your favorite Harry Potter set to film on Weasley's was in Weasley's I'd say yeah, well, yeah, that's obviously. Is well, that a bit easy? Yeah, that, yeah, that's got to be up there. Do you know what I mean? Because it was like a set built for the characters. There was so much going on with it, and it was like the interior and the exterior were linked. Whereas, in sometimes the sets aren't like that. So that was really cool, and it's even better now when you see people like people send me photos of them at the studio tour, and like they're standing in front of it and stuff like that. So that's that's really awesome to see. Someone actually, uh, a pal of mine was there on holiday a couple of weeks ago and uh, FaceTimed me whilst they were in, although they, this was at the uh, Wizarding World in in Florida. and went in the shop and actually FaceTimed me to give to one of the people working there, tell them to work harder. And you could just, <laughs> you could just see this lady like, what the hell? Like, yeah. That went, yeah, that went. So yeah, Wizarding Wizard, Wizard, that was a good one. I think one of my favourite, although... It's not really answering the question completely because we didn't film on it. But the Ministry of Magic, that set was insane. It was, I think that that was one of the only sets where even if you weren't filming on it, you went to see it because it was so big and and just epic. But I'm going to go back with Wheezy Wizard Weezers or the Great Hall, the first time we ever walked on it. Yes, Yes, it's because it was exactly when we all entered that set for the first time. It was exactly like in the movie when all the first years walk in and they're looking around completely 
pardon the pun, spellbound. That was exactly what we were like when we first entered that great hall. It was indeed. It was indeed. So, yeah, great, great question there, Jay. Uh, now we're coming up now to the Did You Knows. Thank you so much for sending these in. And, James, this one comes from Jessica May from the Philippines. And Jess writes, Did you know that the Earth might have two moons? That's right. Some scientists believe that we still have a second moon, a small asteroid that has been pulled into Earth's orbit. This was found by a team of scientists running simulations on a supercomputer that determined that there is at least one mini asteroid about three feet in diameter compared to the moon's 3,000 mile diameter. But, you know, it's neither here or there, is it? Because this thing is still circling the planet at any given time. Very good. I really like that fact, Jessica, mate. Thank you so much for that one. Here's a random... Okay, I can add to that one if you've gone about moons and space and everything. Did you know... So Saturn, you know, the cool-looking planet with the ring around it? Yes. Did you know that originally it didn't have a ring around it? They, they Scientists actually reckon that that used to be a moon and the gravity of Saturn crushed it and so eventually, and then it got cut in its orbit, and then that's what we have there. Well, there you go. There you are. But I, so our moon could look like that in a few millennia. Um. Well, I, I, I don't know about that one. I'm not a scientist, am I? But who knows? I'm just a fan. Anyway, our next question. I uh, sorry. Our next did you know is from Anne in Denmark, and Anne says, "I saw the following did you know at Legoland." Did you know that in 2004, a Danish mathematics professor calculated that you can combine six two by four Lego bricks of the same color in an incredible 915,103,765 different ways? What? Yep. If you've got six of them, you can combine them in that many different ways. I mean, to be fair... If you're a Danish mathematician, you're going to start with Lego anyway, aren't you? I would have thought. I think so. That is a lot of different variations, though, of six not very big bricks. Very good. Yeah, I love that. Loved all that. I've got a couple. I've got three DigiNodes on my own as well. Because I okay. like random ones, if you don't mind throwing these in. So, talk about Jupiter's ring. Other famous rings are wedding rings, right? So, they've been around since the Egyptians, essentially. And they've become very widely popular, especially in the 9th century. And it was thought, though, that in Roman times, that there was a vein that ran directly from the third finger to the heart. Hence why now that is your ring finger, right? Mm -hmm. How obviously, as science and everything has progressed, we now have a better understanding that this isn't exactly the case. But the tradition still remained. So that is why that is your wedding ring finger. Is there a reason why some countries have it on the right hand and some have it on the left hand, though? Uh, I'm going to make something up. Why do people... Where wedding rings on right hand. Ooh. Some people believe that Romans used to wear their wedding rings on their right hand, possibly because in Roman culture, the left hand was thought of being unreliable, untrustworthy and even sinister. Oh. Meanwhile, the right hand was considered a symbolic of honour and trust. There you go. Very good. Another random did you know for... Yeah, don't trust left-handed people. Yeah. Another <laughs> another random fact. Did you know Nintendo? I know I know you think you know what 
Did you know fact I'm going to say, but it's not going to be that one. Okay. I bet you were thinking I was going to say, did you know Nintendo used to make cards? Yes. Well, no, that isn't the fact I'm going to say. The fact I'm going to say is, did you know Nintendo used to have a helpline phone number for their games? So back before the days of the internet, Mm. video games were much more challenging. And to find the right way to beat them, sometimes it seemed impossible. So as Nintendo were very aware of this, and in the US at least, they provided a service called the Powerline, which struggling gamers could call for tips and tricks. Wow. It's a good little money earner, isn't it? It is, I bet. Just put some impossible level in, and then you need to put a cheat in to get past it. <laughs> Must call this premium number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my And then my, my favourite of my did you knows for the day, and I don't know if I've said this one before, but platypus is one of my favourite animals in the entire world, right? I've never actually seen one, but I think they look awesome. So they're so weird, though, that when scientists first discovered them, they thought it was a hoax. Now, they've been around for hundreds or thousands of years and have been known about these by the indigenous Australians. But when British scholars first encountered them, they were extremely puzzled. Their confusion came down to the fact that it was clearly a mammal, but it was really bizarre because it lays eggs It has a duck beak, a beaver's tail and feet like otters. And the males are even venomous. See, when you hear stuff like that, it's quite easy to believe that people believe in unicorns. You know, a horse with a horn on it. Well, you think that. You describe that thing there. Yeah. What's more believable? A half duck, otter, beaver, which lays eggs, Mm. or a horse with a horn on its head. Mad, isn't it? (laughs) Mad. Mad trying to get that through, people. Amazing. Well, anyway, I thought I'd drop that one there. Anyway, guys, as we told you that this is our penultimate show of the season, what with next be- next week's show being the last episode of this current season. But we want to let you know that we have a guest lineup that you we know you're going to be very, very excited about. And we may even talk a bit more Potter on that episode as well. Do we get to say who it is? Um, I think we'll reveal it as we're about to sign off. That may be a good thing to do. But before I go into any of that, I just want to say, as I said earlier before, thank you to everyone who dropped in touch with us about our birthday celebrations last week. And also just taking the time out to think about us and just embrace, I suppose, us. And I'm really happy that not many people were saying how old we actually are. But here's a random thing, right? I was trying to find a birthday card and not for me, for somebody else. Me? Yeah. And... You go to the right, you go to it, and it's amazing the amount of places where the birthday cards are literally just either another year older, you know, or something like that, or something like all about age progression. Or if it's male related, it's all. But you can't like, wait to have a beer on your on your birthday, or you deserve putting your feet up, even though you don't do a lot anywhere. It's all this so much stereotyping about it. Yet there's no one just say, "Hope you have an amazing time on your birthday today," and that's it. Like, why is it? Why isn't there just a thing where it just says happy birthday and a nice way about it? There's always got to be something there or some crude innuendo about some woman who's like, I don't know, um, you know, or another year older. And then like, I don't know, it's a bit crude. You open it up and something like, you know, some body parts have gone south or something like that. Who needs to see anything like that? And who actually gives it to someone who they're going to see again past their birthday date? Or here's another one as well, right? 21st birthday cards, they get cruder and cruder and cruder. And sometimes, I know we found that firsthand anyway, that someone would write the card and give it to somebody just so they know that they would be in, you know, are they actually going to put this on their mantelpiece in front of their family? That's the whole point. That's why you do it. Well, yes, I know that. But why is it still a thing? I thought as a, <laughs> as a species, we'd moved on because from something like funny. that. Because it's funny. Thank you very much for your rant. Uh, Guys, 
thank you very much for your story times, your questions, your did you knows for this season. Like I've said, we've had such an amazing time receiving them, reading them. And it really has given us such an amazing insight into what normal, not normal means for many different people. You shared your victories, your strategies and everything else in between with us. So thank you so much for that. It really, really has been great reading, seeing them and sharing them with everybody. Thank you so much. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. And just a heads up, Bonnie Wright is our guest next week in the final episode of the season where we're going to be talking with Bonnie about her upcoming book and the other stuff what she's got going on. We'll be talking about the uh, Potter reunion and also another project that we worked together on recently as well. So until then, guys, thank you once again. I have been Oliver Phelps. He has. I've been James Phelps. And until next week, guys, have an amazing week. See you later. Normal Not Normal is a stable production.